0: Welcome to the Gospel of Grace Radio Broadcast, a Primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and we certainly welcome you to the program. On behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, as well as Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. And we invite you to come and worship with us if you're in the North Mississippi area. Both of our churches in Ackerman and in Caledonia meet on Sunday mornings at 10 30 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night meeting in Starkville, Mississippi at 6 o'clock p.m. at the New Covenant Church at 200 West Garrett Road. So we would love to meet you in person and if you are not in our area, We would invite you to go to our website gospel-of-grace.com You can find a church that hopefully is closer to you and you can get caught up on our past messages and subscribe to a podcast through various platforms and you can also find our email address there. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're listening and know that you're out there and if we can help you in any way, if we can answer any questions or even if you disagree with something that we have to say on the program, we'd love to correspond with you and discuss the Word of God with you. So please email us and let us know if you listen, particularly if you have any questions. This morning, we'd like to continue our series on spiritual warfare, focusing specifically on the devices of the devil. We're told to not be ignorant of his devices, and Satan has a thousand-year-old playbook. So we can see the tactics he's used in the past, and that can better equip us to withstand the wiles of the devil here in our lives as well. So we invite you to stay tuned to the program, and we'll bring that message to you right after the song. Good Lord's Day morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace again. This is Elder David Wise here with you and we've been trying to consider spiritual warfare and we'd like to continue that manner of study this morning and we're trying to look at the devices of Satan and this morning we want to be more specific. What are those devices? We don't want to be ignorant of his devices. We don't want to let Satan get an advantage of us. So what are those devices? And we want to try to consider some of those more specifically this morning. So we see that Satan is a very deceptive creature. He's the father of lies, right? Lucifer was a beautiful creature, the anointed cherub. And even in that anointed cherub state, after he fell, he fell into sin and rebellion to God. But he presented himself in a very enticing way to Eve through the serpent, and he tricked her, he beguiled her. We've seen that we need to be aware of the wiles of the devil. He's wily, he's deceptive, he's crafty, he's cunning, and we need to be sure that we can see through that. That's one of the most important things of having godly wisdom, is being able to see through that type of deception and see through to the wickedness of Satan that's behind that deception. We want to introduce this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and here, The Apostle Paul is concerned about the doctrinal purity of the Corinthian church. They've been teetering on quite a few very unsound doctrines. And he rebuked much of that in the first epistle. But it seems like there's still some lingering effects of that. And he says, I'm jealous over you with the godly jealousy. I've espoused you to one husband to present you as a chaste version to Christ. He says, But I fear. I'm concerned about you, church. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, you might well bear with it. He's warning the church that Satan beguiled Eve by preaching a false gospel, didn't he? Isn't that essentially what Satan did in the garden? He preached a false gospel, he corrupted the word of God, and he promised good news that turned out to be a straight up lie, didn't he? You shall be as gods, and you'll have knowledge of good and evil that's going to be so much better than what you have right now. Well, it wasn't better. It was worse. They died that day, right? So Satan deceived Eve through a false gospel. And Paul was concerned about the early church because he was afraid that, in their young babe in Christ state that they would be deceived by false apostles. He goes on to say later in this chapter that there were some that are false apostles, verse 13, deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ and no marvel. In other words, don't be surprised that they do this for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So Satan can present himself even as an angel of light. And we need to be very wary of false teachers and false apostles here in this world. Now, I wanna give this caveat. Not everyone that preaches something that is contrary to God's word is a true false apostle or a false teacher. There are some people that I believe in ignorance and without understanding, they do preach another Jesus. They preach a Jesus that is weak, and not sovereign who wants people to choose him who loves everybody but he's not going to have everybody he loves in heaven and then some people even go so far and the new testament gives no latitude at this that deny the divinity of jesus christ and i have learned over the years to be very cautious of using the word heresy because that is a very heavy charge and just because someone disagrees with me on a certain point Just because they have a ignorant misunderstanding of how sinners are saved to heaven does not make them a heretic, okay? But denying the divinity of Jesus Christ, not only is it heresy, but the Apostle John and the Holy Spirit in 1 John chapter four calls it the spirit of antichrist, all right? So understand, not everyone that disagrees with me, not everyone that disagrees with scripture, not everyone that has a different interpretation of certain passages, but even a different interpretation of how sinners are saved to heaven. They are not necessarily a false teacher or a false apostle. Because when you call someone a false Teacher, What you are saying is not that they're a sincere child of God that needs more understanding. When you call someone a false teacher, you're calling them a non-elect goat. And I would be very, very hesitant to lay that claim to just about anybody. Now, in my opinion, there are some people that claim to be preachers that are much more concerned about filthy lucre than preaching the word of God. And I don't have a lot of confidence of them in my mind. I don't have any confidence of them at all, personally but I am very, very hesitant to ever use the term a false teacher. And I'm very hesitant to ever use the term of someone being a heretic because those are very heavy charges. But these people were not sincere children of God that love the Lord, that feel a calling to preach, that are preaching to the best of their knowledge, the Bible, with the understanding they have at that time. No, these are people that are truly being controlled by Satan, okay? These are unregenerate false teachers that are being controlled by Satan to deceive God's people. That's who's being described right here. So when I say that when someone preaches another Jesus, that doesn't mean that anytime that someone preaches something other than the gospel of salvation by sovereign grace alone, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily a false teacher and being controlled by Satan. No, many of them just need more teaching. And we pray for God's spirit to allow them to see the contradictions in that kind of a gospel and to seek out the Primitive Baptist because we'll teach you, we'll teach you the rightly dividing of God's word. And we pray that God through his spirit would direct sincere people that are preaching something that's contradictory to the word of God and contradictory to sovereign grace. We pray that God in his Holy Spirit's direction would guide them to us to where we could be like Aquila and Priscilla did with Apollos and instruct them in the word of God more perfectly. So not everyone that brings another gospel is necessarily a false teacher, but I do want you to understand just how serious this is though, okay? The integrity of the gospel is so important. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter one that there are some among you that pervert the gospel of Christ. And though we are an angel from heaven, remember Satan can be transformed into an angel of light. If we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have received, let him be accursed. Whoa, that's heavy language, Paul. Did you really mean that? Well, he says the ne- the exact same thing in the next verse too. Just in case you thought that he was being a little dramatic and oh, Paul, you must not really mean that. He says the same thing in verse 9. As we have said before, now say I to you, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have received, let him be accursed. Now, I'm concerned about the purity of the gospel, right? And it concerns me when people preach a deluded, unsovereign message of Jesus Christ. Listen, salvation, eternal salvation is by grace alone, solely by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you have any, but you've got a doctrine, Jesus did this, but you got to pray, but you got to be baptized, but you got to live a good enough life. If you have Jesus plus anything, then you've done butted out Jesus. Listen, it's either salvation by grace alone or it's salvation by works alone. And the Bible teaches salvation by grace alone. And what's so concerning about that? And that's why the Apostle Paul was so concerned about the purity of the gospel, because it diminishes Jesus. It's not just about, oh, this is my opinion, and this is your opinion, and I think men have a choice, and you think God chose people before the foundation of the world, and this is my opinion, this is your opinion, and and we need to get along and love people that we disagree with. Listen, it matters. People today say doctrine doesn't matter. Doctrine matters. Why does it matter? I tell you, Satan wouldn't be trying to corrupt it if it didn't matter, right? Satan wouldn't be trying to bring a false gospel if it didn't matter. The reason why it matters is because a work salvation diminishes the integrity of the Son of God. It diminishes Jesus. And when you bring another gospel, by implication, you are bringing another Jesus, Another Jesus, and Paul wouldn't have it. Paul wouldn't have it, and there was no middle ground. Now understand, like I said before, not everyone that I would say is preaching another Jesus, because there are good-hearted, sincere men that are preaching another Jesus. I don't think Satan's controlling them. No, they just need more instruction. And I pray that you would call and email me and I'd be happy to study with you because you need to be proclaiming the sovereignty of God in salvation. You need to be proclaiming Jesus as a successful Savior, not a failure, who wanted to save people, but he couldn't because they were too stubborn and uncooperative, okay? So Satan deceives God's children by a false gospel. And how do we test that? We test it by the word of God, don't we? we test it by the scriptures. You see, Satan desires to blind and confuse God's children so they won't hear and believe the true gospel of salvation by grace alone. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Now, anytime you see a reference to someone that's lost in scripture, it's not what the denominational world presents that these are unregenerate people that are lost that we gotta go out and try to save them to heaven. Listen, if something's lost, that means there's a place that was supposed to be, right? Think about those parables in Luke 15. A lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. Well, both of them had a prior relationship. Both of them had a status. Both of them had a position where they were supposed to be, and they weren't in that position. So the unregenerate aren't lost. No, they're just unregenerate, right? They're just not elect. They're not supposed to be anywhere. The only way you can be lost is if you're supposed to be somewhere, and you're not in that place. So these are lost sheep. These are lost sheep of the spiritual house of Israel in whom the God of this world, and that's Satan, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image should shine unto them. Verse six, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So Satan wants to blind the minds of God's children and have them walking around in despair and burden and fear. Fear instead of the liberating power of the gospel that takes that yoke off of their neck. You feel like you have to do something to go to heaven. You feel like that I'm never gonna be good enough to go to heaven and you're right. The law that's written in your heart is testifying to you that there's nothing that you can do that'll be good enough and guess what? The law that God read in your heart is right. There's nothing you can do to go to heaven. There's nothing you can do. There's no prayer that's sincere enough. There's no baptism that's pure enough. There's nothing you can do to go to heaven, and your heart testifies to you of that. And then you walk around, you're a born-again child of God, that if you died this minute, if you love Jesus, and you feel a conviction of sin, if you died this minute, it doesn't matter if you prayed the sinner's prayer. You're going directly into the presence of Jesus Christ. But if you've heard a gospel that says, no, 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 if you haven't done XYZ, then you may not really be saved. Well, I'll tell you, Satan has an advantage of you because he is what making you doubt your salvation. It says there in uh, Revelation 12 that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and that's what he wants to do, he wants to accuse us. But make sure you keep reading there in Revelation chapter 12 though, right? He's the accuser of the brethren or specifically he was the accuser of the brethren but now he's been cast down because he has no legal right before God to accuse you. Why? Because you have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed on your account. But Satan wants God's children walking around in conviction and burden and fear, doubting if they're really a child of God or not. And there are so many children of God that are deceived by by Satan to doubt if they're a child of God. Instead, what is the purpose of the gospel? What's the purpose that God called men to preach? Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. The gospel gives us peace and it gives us power. It gives us salvation. It gives us deliverance from the burden of a convicted conscience and then we submit to baptism and then it gives us the answer of a good conscience toward God, it saves us from this untoward generation. You see, the power of the gospel liberates God's children to take that yoke of bondage off of their neck and now they can feel the power and the assurance and the peace that when I die, I am going to paradise just like that thief on the cross. Today I'm gonna be with them in paradise. That has power and salvation in the life of a child of God. But Satan didn't want any of them, didn't want any child of God to feel that power. So what does he do? He blinds them. He confuses them. You see, that's the problem with the people on the wayside. We talk about the parable of the sower. And there are some people that receive the word of God. They hear it and, and it touches their heart. But before they can understand it, that's the problem with the wayside people. They aren't unregenerate and they lost their chance at heaven. No, they are born again, children of God, that the word of God pricks their heart. But before they understand it, Satan comes and takes it away. He blinds their mind, right? He confuses them. Remember, wherever there are open doors, this is 1 Corinthians 16 and 8, wherever there's open doors for the gospel, there are always doors many adversaries. There's always Satan there to try to thwart them. So Satan desires for God's children to be walking around in bondage here in this world. And what does the gospel do? It takes you out of bondage. It takes that yoke of bondage off of your neck to where you can feel the liberty and the power and the peace and the joy of trusting that Jesus said it is finished and that's all that's necessary for eternal salvation. Amen. But Satan wants you to doubt. Satan wants you to doubt. Why? Because when you doubt, when you doubt, a child of God that's walking around in ignorance, that's walking around in that wayside, he has control and influence and power over you. This is some of the language that is used in Acts 26 when Paul is describing a more extended account of his calling there in Acts chapter nine. And he gives a more extended account of what Jesus said to him. Acts chapter 26, and we'll jump in here in verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So he had a calling to go to the Gentiles. For what purpose? Why was Paul called to preach? He was a chosen vessel. Why was he called to preach? To open their eyes. You see, they're blinded, right? These children of God, they're blinded. Remember when he went into Corinth, when God encouraged Paul, I have much people in this city. I already have born again children of God in this city. What was their problem though? Their problem was is they were blinded by Satan. Their problem was they needed the gospel. And I called you to go preach to them, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. The gospel doesn't give life. It's not how we're regenerated. It's not how we're born again. The gospel gives light. It brings life and immortality to light through the gospel. And to turn them from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Not that their sins are going to be purged away in heaven, but they need to feel the power of their forgiveness in their heart to where now they can have the answer of a good conscience instead of burden and conviction and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. So understand, those that are not embracing the power of the gospel at this moment, they have been deceived by Satan, and Satan does not want to give up that advantage, does he? He does not want to give up that power, because there is power in the gospel. There is salvation in the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is a deliverance and a power for the child of God in their life. So what does Satan do? He wants to blind us. He wants to confuse us. Where God's children are not gonna know the power of what God has done for us in saving us by nothing more than his free and sovereign grace. And God has put his church here in this world. He has instituted the gospel. He has instituted the kingdom of God so that God's children would be delivered from the power of Satan unto service to God, that they would be delivered from darkness to light, that their eyes would be opened, that that yoke of bondage would be taken off of their neck. You see, Satan is always preaching a false gospel. He's always preaching a false gospel, even if he's not even talking about the scriptures. He's preaching a false gospel when he says that committing fornication is good. Well, that may sound good until you get STDs, Right. You may be enticed by Satan that drunkenness is a fun thing to engage in. Well, it's not great when you get a DUI and you wake up the next day beaten up and have no idea what happened because you got into a bar fight and then you get a DUI. And and then you have to fill out on all of your job applications from that point forward that you have been convicted of a crime because you made a foolish decision to drink and drive. You see, this is the deception of Satan. He gives you a little bit of enjoyment and it's all destruction on the back end. That's the end result of the broad way. It entices you because it's wide and it's easy, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. So Satan is always preaching a false gospel in every single one of these areas. And the way that we test everything that we hear is we test it by the truth of God's word. We test it and try to purify it. And if it doesn't meet the standard, if it's Satan's lie, then it will be burned up in the furnace of testing against God's word, right? And we can take confidence in that, that we test it by truth, and we will not be enticed by the devices of Satan. Now, there are much more other devices of Satan that we want to focus on next time. Anger, pride, sexual desire, unforgiveness, covetousness, being a busybody. And we want to focus on all of those in a later message. And we certainly hope that you will tune in to that as well. We pray that God will continue to uphold you and sustain you. Go out and put on that armor of God. Read your Bible. Know the gospel. Know the integrity of Jesus Christ. And if anyone brings you another gospel or brings you another Jesus, you reject them and you stay true and committed to the standard of God's word. May God bless you this morning.
0: If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a primitive Baptist church in your community. To find a primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15 just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.
2: Wonderful, the Majesty.